you know, why, why is there like hard and challenging times in the world? You know, why, why is it that like sometimes like pain happens to us? Like, you know, we just wrapped up a year that honestly, that's kind of like one of the markers is that like bad things happen again and again. And again, and again, and again, and again. And like that, like that's what 2020 forever, for the rest of your life, you be like, oh, 2020. I mean, it will be like, I mean, it will be ash. It will have memes forever about it. Like, you know, just making fun at just how rough 2020 was. But why do those things happen? And more importantly, like, what can you do with it? What can, what, what do we do with that? How do we survive it? Like, I know we survived so far, but like, you know, I know, I know that part of us were like, oh, it's 2021 now. It's like, you're going to be able to put this stuff behind us. But you're smart enough to know and to realize that, like, everything doesn't just magically get better when the year changes, right? It, it's not tied to the year. They're like, there's just some things that happen. And and this is true for, for all of us that, like, you know, for 2020, we all experienced something all together. It still impacted us differently, but we all experienced it together. But you're old enough to realize that, like, in life, there are things that, like, maybe personally will happen to you. There are things that personally with it, like, you know, it may not be global 2020, but your 2020 may be this year or maybe in a couple of years where, where things are actually worse for you than they were, you know, or maybe we just don't know. There's so much that's outside of our control. And I know for a new year, you're like, oh man, Nate's coming in hot already with a downer. But this is the thing. This is why this is important to me. Why I want to start off our new year on this is that, is it pain? Things outside of our control, just things that we our struggles, like like they don't just magically disappear, and and especially things we don't have control over. What do we do with that? What where do we go? Where do we take it? How do we handle that? And I want to talk about this because because I know that there's a chance that for some of you are hanging on to hope that like that if, again you wouldn't say this out loud because it sounds silly when you say it out loud, but deep down there's part of you that was like. I just hope in 2021 things get better. And there's also a chance, I know like every time there's a transition, there's always a chance that things are actually getting worse for you. And maybe that's not true for you. Maybe things are going great and I'm glad. But here's the thing. You're going to need this at some point. If you haven't needed it already and you don't need it now, you will need this at some point. At some point, you're going to, life is going to just slap you in the face. You're going to go, how do I deal with the pain? How do I deal with things outside of my control. And this is what I want to talk about as well, is that for me, I've become really passionate about this because my 2020 was actually 2017, okay? And I will share more about that uh, today and next week as well, that, that actually 2020 was actually not that bad compared to what happened with me and my family in 2017. It made it worse. And, and I learned a lot in there. And I experienced a lot and it, it has helped me. And this has become a passion of mine to share this with people because while your circumstances are going to be different than mine, you will have them at some point. So what do you do? How do you deal with that? And you know, maybe you're, maybe you're in that moment. You're like, Nate, please tell me like, like I'll do anything to make it go away. And that's it. Like when you're in it, if you've been in it, you can reflect on this and you can, if you're not in it, you never have been, you can imagine this that like, we don't like pain. We want it to go away. That's why when you touch a stove, it just, okay, like you want it to go away. Well, it's the same thing emotionally, spiritually, relationally. It doesn't matter. We just want it to go away. So how can you? What can you do? 
That's what we're going to be wrestling with. And then, I know, like, when you intersect faith with this, I know it gets even messier. Because then the question saying, you know, don't just turn to, like, what can I do? How can I get rid of it? But, like, where's God at? Where is God at in my pain? If God's real, would he let this happen to me? If God actually loved me, would he would he let this happen? That's a common question. And maybe a version of that question is why you stop believing. Maybe a version of that question, maybe that question specifically is why you've walked away and why you're like, I'm done, I'm out. Maybe it's why you're considering, why you're on the way out, or, or you have a friend or somebody you love that that, that, that question so what's happening in their life? And the version of that question is why they are leaving. I get that. I mean, listen, I hear a lot of your stories and I hear stories all the time. And I, because I'm a loser and nerd and whatever, I read stories that people are, you know, they, they publish stories, you know, whether it's on YouTube or wherever. And they'll, they'll publish stories about, like, here's why I'm not a Christian anymore. And they should. And it always breaks my heart because I get it. Because, again, I've been through some deep, deep pain. And not to like categorize it, I don't know if it's worse than others or not as bad. I don't know where is that, but I went through some deep pain. So I get it. It's so emotional. We're so emotional that when pain is happening, we just want it. Everything is wanting to go away. And so it's such an emotional question. We're like, where is God at? Okay, I get it. But again, I hope that this week and next week, these next two weeks, that like it gives you some hope that when you're in that, if you're in that, and when you're going to be in it, that it gives you hope to cling to. Because I do think there's hope here for you. And I hope that that is what you see in this. I, you know, when we think about faith and we think about where God is at, isn't it true that, that when it comes to our pain, we're like, well, God just must not be here. Okay. Or, you know, we also, they, that's what I just wrapped up saying, but we also think about, you know, maybe he's just angry with me. Maybe he just doesn't like me. Or maybe he can't do anything. Or he just doesn't care. Like, he could do something, but he's like, Nate, I don't care about that sucker. Okay, I'm not going to do anything for him. Okay? Like, that's where we feel. And this story is one that, that at an early age I recognized, that's very interesting and unique. I, I shared a story at a previous TLR where I actually got in trouble in Sunday school, which if you're new in church world, Sunday school is exactly what it sounds like. It's school on Sunday, but it's about church. Anyway, um, I, I shared a story how I got in trouble there one time, like pointing some stuff out about this story. And this, this has been a story of mine that I've loved. And I did not realize until I was at the lowest point of my life so far, uh, <laughs> the lowest point of my life that how crucial this is going to be. And so I want to share that story with you because this has helped me through many trials, many hard times, many painful moments. And, and I hope it does the same for you. To set up the context, if you've been with us in TLR, you've heard pr multiple times we refer to this guy, John the Baptist or JTB, okay, um, our boy JTB, and he, he's called John the Baptist not because he was, used to be John the Catholic or John the Presbyterian or John something, he's called John the Baptist because he did something unique for the time where when people wanted to switch and like they wanted to follow Jesus or they wanted to, you know, like repent of their sins, which just say sorry for their sins and things they done did wrong, he'd dunk them in the water. You know, not drown them, but it symbolized this cleansing, this washing, this like a uh, new life, okay? And so he, he started doing that. And the reason that was unique, and not that anybody didn't do that, it's just that normally as religious leaders, and this John the Baptist, JTB, is just a random dude just out there doing it. And we're like, what? What's up? And so John the Baptist, great guy, crazy guy, 
but his main job, what he was, he was, his mission in life was to tell everybody, guys, God's about to do something. Okay, get excited. God is about to do something in our time. Get pumped. And then Jesus shows up, and John the Baptist is like, that's him. That's who I'm talking about. Get pumped. That guy's going to do something. And so then Jesus is like, yeah, I'm here. What's up? And then Jesus starts doing his thing. Okay. That speeds us up, catches us up, kind of John the Baptist says. The other thing, though, that John the Baptist did that was very interesting is he was a, he was a very bold person, very, um, if, if you know the Enneagram, he's probably an eight, which is the guy that's like, you know, just speak truth to power and be like, hey, you, listen, you were wrong, okay? He was that guy. Um, and one of the times that he did that was to the king of the area, the you know guy kind of in charge, that king. Okay, you think you have family problems? Check this out. This king, um, there's another king. Okay, that was his brother. Okay, and he liked, and not just liked, but really liked his brother's wife, and so he married his brother's wife and like had kids with her. Okay, John the Baptist knew what you know they're like okay that's messed up you can't just like steal your brother's wife like thanksgiving's awkward if you do like like, that's a big no-no okay like you can't okay and john the baptist knew that and john the baptist called it out it was very bold that it was wrong that the king king herod should not have done that was very bold about it now you can imagine the tabloids at the time were like you know (laughs) look at the scandalous news and john the baptist calling it out and stuff and and normally what would a king do at that time king would just be like you know what this nuisance this guy you know saying bad things about me let's just kill him but here's the thing john the baptist was popular and so john the baptist had a crowd on his side and so like they didn't didn't want to kill him so they just had him arrested and thrown in prison and so that's the setup, and that's the context of our story that gives us so much hope. And I know right now you're thinking, like, this is the most depressing storyline, TLR, where it's a new year, not full of hope. But, like, so far we got pain is in the world, sucks, can't get rid of it. Like, you know, like, I have all these questions. And, and you start off with, like, one of the most depressing, weird So This guy stole this guy. Okay, just hang on with me, okay? Because... In this, there really is hope, but I kid, but we have to, here's the thing, and we're going to touch on this at the end, but, but see, I'm going to keep it real with you, and I want you to keep it real with me, okay, that I don't want, it'd be easy to give some, like, pithy, emotional responses, like, oh, you know, everything happens for a reason, and just have faith, and stay strong, and call me if you need me, or, you know, like, go to counseling, and, 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 you know, and, and, and we do that, but but what about when you're at your deepest, darkest moment? What about when you need real hope, real faith, real, like, you're not sure you can keep going on, because <laughs> when you're at that moment where, where it's a fine line between quitting and giving up and living, you need something real at that moment. You don't need, well, hey, listen, everything happens for a reason. We'll be fine. That doesn't help. Okay, I'm in pain. Okay, well, you know, God loves you. Okay, I'm in pain. That doesn't help me. Okay, I'm in pain. And so I need, I want to give you real hope to cling to for those moments. But to do that, we got to go deep and we got to go hard in this moment because, because my friend, you, some of you have been there. Some of you are there now. They, they, you're in, like, it's, it's relationally for you. I mean, he's just not coming back. 
okay? And you, you cling to this hope, and you're hoping maybe this is the Christmas he'd come back, and he didn't, okay? Or maybe it's your mom, and you're just hoping to come back. Or they can't. Something happened, and they pass away, and they can't. Okay, or, you know, for some of us, it's not relationally, it's, you know, it's jobs, like, you know, we see our parents stressing out about jobs and the economy and the market, and, like, you have no control of that. What do you do in that moment? And to, and to give you real hope and to be honest with you and to give it to you straight, like, we have to start off at that moment where we're at that lowest place. What do you do? Because, sure, listen, I can make this a lot sweeter and a lot more, you know, easier to swallow I guess and just be like oh you know again some nice statements it's like oh okay okay but when you're in this moment and you know if you know and you know if you've been there it doesn't help and for some of you watching like I'm not there and you know I have a nice life and I don't think I'll ever be there I hope you're not listen I would not wish pain on anybody so I hope you're not but one you never know if you're going to be there and number two somebody close to you Somebody around you may need this. They may they need this now. They may need this soon. But the other thing is, there are plenty of people in this world that need this now. And so if you're not experiencing it, it's on you to share this with them. Okay. So I just want to revisit that because I know, I know this is heavy and I know it's a new year, but trust me, there's hope coming. But you can't get there until we're at this point. Where the point where John was at, where you're in prison, you're stuck in this desert prison. That's where John the Baptist was at. He's stuck in this desert prison, and he's like, he just sees no way out, and it's all he can see, literally and figuratively. Why literally? Because he is in a small room, contained, can't see anything. It's hot, just nasty. Okay, and he's stuck there, and you know, he, he's he's thinking what what we would think, right? Okay, Jesus is my cousin. Okay. I've been a good person and done what Jesus has asked me to do. And I think, you know, I went and pumped everybody up and I was pre-game for like, how is Jesus coming? Okay. But like, it got me in trouble and it got me here. So like, okay, you know, hang on for a couple days, a couple weeks, a couple months. This is like, Jesus, you're going to do something about this? And Jesus start or John starts to doubt Jesus. Naturally. He asks the questions you would ask. What, Jesus, are you coming? Jesus. What, what's taking you? I mean, Jesus, are you even there? Are you who you say you're going to be? Are you? I've pumped everybody up for you. Are you going to come help me out? I mean, you know, I, I don't want to play the cousin card, but like, come on, cuz. Like, are you going to do something? And those are the same types of questions you ask in these moments. When you're in that, it, it may not be prison for you. I hope not. But it may not be prison for you. But when you're in this moment, it feels like a prison emotionally, relationally, spiritually, feels like a prison. It's, and it's all you can see. What do you do? It's only natural to doubt. And here we see somebody close to Jesus have doubt. The story we're going to read is found in Matthew 11. You can, um, you'll be in our notes. You'll see a tab where we'll uh, you know, put it there. You can actually, if you're watching this live with us, you can click over and see it there. If you're watching this on YouTube or Instagram after, I'd encourage you to Google this. Check it out in your own time. But a great story of this found in Matthew 11. You can just Google that, and the story will pop up. But um, <laughs> the story starts off, Jesus, so John the Baptist is in this dungeon in the middle of the desert. Jesus is kind of on a tropical coastline, okay, a nice place. If, um, if we were in person, I'd show you a map of this and kind of what it looks like modern day, and it, like, 
his complete opposites. But Jesus is there, he's teaching, he's doing his thing. And some people who followed John the Baptist um, and who are his friends show up and like, I can only imagine this, like Jesus has a crowd around him and they show up and, and, and here's what happens. When John, John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, what Jesus was doing, he sent some of his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? And again, I just want you to imagine like Jesus has a crowd around him. He's doing all these amazing things and everybody's like, oh, it's so cool. Like, oh, like my blind man can see now. Yeah, okay, another one. Cool. Okay. All right, it's a nice trick. Jesus, cool, great. And and John's disciples, John's friends, show up and they're like, oh, excuse me. Excuse me, Jesus. Can we talk to you real quick? Come here. Jesus. Jesus, come here. Uh, I know this is embarrassing because like the crowd, like everybody's like pumped, like, uh, we're John the Baptist, you know, your cousin. We're his friends, and uh, I don't know if you've seen the newspapers or heard, but, like, he's in prison, and um, also, he's in prison because, like, he's doing the thing he called him to do, so, like, uh, like, and you haven't done anything about it yet, so, like, uh, he wanted us to ask, and I'm sorry, it's embarrassing, like, but he wanted us to ask, are you, are you the one who is to come, or should we look for somebody else? Okay. They, they ask him this in front of the crowd. Jesus' response, I'll be honest, I love and hate, okay? Because Jesus' response is not what I want, okay? Let's, let's just stop for a second. Think about what it is I would want and what it is you probably would want. You would want some version of this. And maybe you never give given yourself permission with the Bible and God and, you know, big ideas to, to think about this. But it's okay. You can do this. God's big. He can handle it. But if you come to God, you come to Jesus, and you're like, hey, your cousin's in jail. Like, what, what response would you want him to have? Okay. You don't want to be like, what? I'm sorry. I haven't been catching up on He's in jail? Okay. I'm going to call my angel squad, and we're going to roll out and get him out. Okay. I will see you guys there at midnight. Let's synchronize our watches, our sundials, and uh, let's, uh, let's make sure we get this time down. We're busting John out of there. Let's do this. Or like, or, you know, or some version of that. Or be like, you know, hey, listen. Okay, so he's in jail. Got it. Guys, don't worry. Okay, this is actually a test. And because he's staying in strong, I know he's asking this question, but because he's staying in strong, he passed. So I'm going to bust him out of there. Okay, you guys just wait and see. You guys sit back and watch. You can be firework displaying everything. And I'm getting my cousin out of there. And we're rolling 40 deep. And we're going to get him out of there. And it's going to be great. Okay. That's what we want Jesus to say. We want Jesus to say that because that's what, because when we think about pain, we're, we're really thinking about our pain. That's what we want Jesus to say to us. Okay, when, when we're in trouble, we want Jesus to just fix it and it to go away. That's what makes Jesus' response here troubling. But, but if you hang with me, you'll see where this is hopeful. This is what Jesus says. This is verse 4. Jesus says, Go back and report to John. What is it we're going to tell him? Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. That's it. That's it. So, okay, I'm sure John's friends hearing this right. 
and you're gonna come get them. <laughs> and you're like, okay, like, yeah, it's an impressive resume, Jesus. You're missing a piece. Okay. No, that's it. Okay, okay. Just, just to make sure I heard you correctly. He wants to go tell John, your cousin, who's done everything right, what you're doing for other people. Yep. Not what you're gonna do for him. Yep. Okay. Did you guys have like a fight? Like, I mean, you know, did you guys like, did he, did he do something when you're growing up? Like, stick your face in some mud? Like, I mean, is this, is this, what, what, come on. Like, what, why? And then, and then Jesus adds this. And, and I think he adds this for John's benefit, but really for your benefit as well. And for future generations and people are going to read the story and have the same questions that you're asking now. Like, I thought, Jesus, like, this makes no sense. Jesus adds this. He says, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Why would Jesus have to add that? Why would Jesus say that? And I think it's because what, what we are seeing here is a new version of faith that maybe nobody's told you about. Maybe maybe you didn't see or, or, or ever experience. And this version that's, that says, God, you know, that, that Jesus doesn't always show up the way we want him to. Like, why, what, like, does Jesus just not care? Is Jesus just not going to do anything? Is that it? And it's not, because we see, after his friends leave, Jesus addresses the crowd, and he says that John is the best man that's ever been born of women, okay? Which is everybody, okay? He says that of those born of women, which is all of us, John is the best. And so, obviously, Jesus like, liked them. Is Jesus just lying? Is Jesus double faith? What's going on here? And this is where, my friend, we can feel stuck and we can feel pain and we can feel like, like God's not showing up the way we want him to. And more importantly, and more maybe to your experience and to your point, is that God's not showing up the way my pastor told me he was going to. God's not showing up the way my priest told me he was going to. God's not showing up the way my grandmother told me he was going to. The way that song told me he was going to. The way this book told me he was going to. The way my friend, God's not showing up. So does he care? Is he there? Does he, do I matter to him? We're left to wrestle with those questions and it lead to negative, negative answers. And I get it, I do. But what I hope, First thing out of two things I hope you see in this is that is that first this is brand new category of faith maybe you didn't you haven't been been shown that that John had those same questions he doubted and he was wrestling with that and struggling with that and he did not get the answer he wanted he didn't enjoy being in prison okay he wanted out that's why he sent his friend and then when he doesn't get the answer okay he he's left with the same wrestling match you are but there's something in jesus's answer that does give us hope and this is his message to john is that and this is our takeaway and this is where we'll start landing this plane but this is what i hope you see in this is that jesus's response to john is not just hey bragging about hey look what i'm doing for everybody else and i've forgotten about you i'm busy i'm out here doing stuff no what jesus was trying to do here is he knew what you've experienced, what I've experienced, what we all just naturally do, what's human tendency, that when we're in pain, 
when we're in our moment, when we're in our prison, literally or figuratively, it's all we can see. I mean, think about this. Think about 2020 for you, okay? What was it like? COVID, 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 COVID. Oh, crap, there's an election. Election, 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 election. COVID, 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 election, COVID, election. That's all you focused on, okay? And then if something personal happened, like, I'm single, I'm single, I'm single. Oh, I'm dating, yeah, yeah. COVID, COVID, election, election. Oh, he dumped me. Oh, yeah. And it's all you can focus on is your pain, okay? And, and, and there's so much else in life. Is, is there other things that happened in 2020 besides COVID and the election? Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of other bad things. I know, okay? We could focus on this. But is there any good? Yes, there was. Okay, now, now I know we're emotional and we don't. I, I get it. But but Jesus is pointing out here something that, that we all know and that we've experienced and that we do naturally. Is that when we're in pain, that's all we can focus on. And we forget about all the good. We're so dramatic. Okay. And I'm the worst. Okay. I am the worst. I'm like, oh, that's all I can see. I get it. Okay. This is why, psych nerd, but um, this is why in psychology, counselors, like, one of the things they tell you to do is, like, have a gratitude journal because it'd be so easy to focus on the negatives in life that we lose sight of the positives. Now, I know, though, there's still a pain there. Those negatives are still there. But, what Jesus is saying here to John, and and what I think he's trying to get at here, is that, John, I want you to recognize all that's happening. You're so focused on just your prison, and I get it. That's natural. But look, your actions, the actions that led you there, it's not just been negative. Okay, it's I know for you right now, you're in prison, and it's a negative outcome. But look at all these positive outcomes that have come from your work, John. Okay, you're so focused on just this. I get it, and I know why you are. But John, there's a whole world out there. There's all these people out there, and look, look what I'm doing. You're doubting if I'm God. I get it. I get it. You're doubting if I care. I get it. I understand. But John, expand your vision. Shift your focus. Shift your focus back to me. You're so focused on your prison walls. You've lost focus of me. And that's my encouragement for you, friend, is to shift your focus. Because because when we get so focused on just the negatives, we can lose sight of God's work in the world, God's work in our life. We can get so focused on the negative in our life, we don't see the progress and the work and the way God's at work in our life. And we can lose sight of that. The only way, and that happens naturally, that just happens naturally over time, comes naturally with pain. The only way is to shift our focus and stay focused on Jesus, which I'll talk about in a second. But I told you I was going to keep it honest, and I'm going to show you, sometimes things just don't work out because there's pain and hurt. We're actually going to talk about that next week, and so that's still a lingering question and problem with you. We're going to dive into that a ton next week, so I hope you join us for that. But with John's story, doesn't have a happy ending, okay? John never gets released from jail. And through a series of some crazy, a crazy story, he ends up being killed. Okay? He doesn't get rescued. But we know this, that he did shift his focus back to Jesus. And he never recanted or said, I apologize for what I said. And he never took it back, okay? That he stayed true and stayed faithful to following Jesus till the end and so this helped him this helped him move his focus literally all he could see is a small cell 
that he is able to shift his focus back to Jesus. And my friend, it will have an impact on your, you and it will help you. How? Not just on practically, like I gratitude journal is great. You should definitely do that. But part of shifting your focus to Jesus, what it allows you to see is that maybe, just maybe, God is with you in this pain. Maybe, just maybe, God is with you as you're going through this hard time. Maybe, just maybe, God is at work in your life and in somebody else's life. But you don't know, and you'll never know what hangs in the balance on your decisions until you're looking in the rearview mirror. And so my friend, if I could plead with you to do one thing whenever you're on a hard time, whether you, I know you're not going to want to, okay, that's why I'm pleading, okay, but because I know what you want in pain is for it to just go away. I get it. But but this is the challenging thing for us is that it doesn't happen. And you're old enough to know that. I know there are versions of faith out there and there are versions of people that use Jesus and God and the Bible. And they, you know, they, they talk about things and they're like, if you have enough faith, you can move mountains and fix everything. Okay. But, but you're old enough to know, and maybe this is why you walked away, but you're old enough to know. That's magic, okay? That's reserved for Disney and Elsa and fairy tales, okay? But we're talking about real life, real pain, real struggle, real depression, real issues. What do you do with those? And if you shift your focus, you will see that God is with you in that. Now, I know it's not the same as him just fixing it. And that's what we prefer. And we'll, again, talk about that next week. But what I hope you see is that when we shift our focus, we know we're not alone. And that does change something. Okay, It lets us have the confidence and the ability to face what we're facing and know we're not alone. That God does care. That God's not angry with you. God loves you. That's why he's with you. Like God, God isn't just, well, I don't know, I can't do anything. No, God is with you in this. And it will give you, it helps you have joy even in hard times. It helps you move forward even in hard times. And it helps you to know that no matter what's coming, I will not be alone in it. But how do you do that? How do you shift your focus? And like maybe you're like, Nate, I, maybe I believe you. How do I practically do this? There's a couple of easy ways, and we're going to have more info in our description on this. But um, the biggest thing is this is why we talk about community group, because one of the things about pain and one of the things about hurt is that we it is isolating. It's it's we feel alone. And one of the biggest things you can do is be in a community that, that not only supports you and helps you out practically, but it helps you remind you of these things. Be like, listen, you're not alone, literally, and God's with you. And so a community group, you hear us talk about this all the time. A community group is the best place you can start. Community group is where you can you have friends that have your back. You talk about life. You talk about faith. And you can wrestle with and disagree with anything I've said in this. Okay? Nate's just full of it this episode. That's, that's what we want you to do. Okay? Community group is huge. The other, another one is reading some of these stories for yourself. Okay? And I know when anybody picks up the Bible, it's scary and it's intimidating. That's why we do it together. Okay? We have... We have a Bible plan where we read these stories and we and me and Sarah, we read them with you. And so like we're there to like answer questions and help out any way we can. So you don't have to do it alone. Another is to watch other people that that teach and that teach these stories. And so we'll link some helpful videos there, or maybe the podcast, we'll link some of those as well. But really what it comes down to is being intentional and saying, I know that I'm just so focused on this, this, this thing. 
but I'm going to I'm going to intentionally put some work in into shifting my focus. And when you do that, we'll offer some ways, but when you do that, it helps you. It helped John Baptist in the worst moment of his life. And it helped me in the worst moment of mine. And I'm gonna close with a story. But in 2017, um, by the way, my wife, uh, who's involved in this story, we've talked talk about this publicly all the time, so I'm not talking behind her back. She knows she was there. Um, and uh, and she also, we have a podcast, maybe I'll link that in our description, where we go into even more details about all this stuff. So if you're like, you want juicy, you want to hear, hear spill the tea about ourselves, uh, I'll link that as well. So just want to get that out of the way, so you know, like, Nate's talking about his wife. She knows. Um, but so my wife, I love her. She's amazing. She's great. But she has a lot of mental health issues. And a lot of it's not her fault. I know there's obviously always some genetics. Some of it, she grew up in an abusive family. And, and that came to a head when we were about three, four years into our marriage. And so we we're still newlyweds. We had a baby. And just something between maybe postpartum, I, I, like there's a lot of factors that came in all at once. Um, she kind of just snapped, <laughs> um, and it was bad. Okay, um, I don't have time in this to get into all those details, but it was bad. Okay, <laughs> um, it was like it got so bad that it got to the point where I wasn't gonna like leave her. But I wasn't going to stay with her. And what I mean is that we had a conversation where I said, listen, I'm not leaving you. I want to stay married to you. But I'm not going to live in this house until you get help. And so you either need to go and get some like intense help or I'm going to get an apartment. And, you know, and that was a fun conversation. Um, the, and so she goes, she goes to Butler, Butler. This is a mental health hospital here in Ryan. Amazing staff. Cannot recommend them enough because she did um, some intensive work there. And, and it was intense for both of us. And it was healing and it was great. It was a lot of work. A lot of work that still four years later, three, four years later, she's still working on it. It takes so much energy. And if you have mental health you know, issues in your life or in your family's life, you know what I'm talking about. It's a lot of work. So as we're dealing with that, you know, working on that and trying to be healthy and stuff and growing that, then connected to all this, she just, she's at work one day and picture this scene. She's a, she works in a surgery room and she just passes out. Okay. While there's my cut open. Okay. Not a good scene. And so we go on MRI and figuring this stuff out and looking at this and like, and she gets diagnosed with a seizure disorder, but we're not really sure if it's seizures. And so now she can't drive. And so this is a very privileged statement of what I'm going to say. And it's true. It is privileged. But there's literally nothing worse than, than like, I, there's a lot of stuff worse. But for us, one of the biggest challenges in this moment was, so we're wrestling through this mental health. We've hurt each other. We, we both are in counseling, trying to figure things out, figure that out. Then we have a young child. She can't drive. I have to drive everybody everywhere. Okay. Oh, also, I gotta work. She can't work anymore. I like I've got to pay for it. Like I mean, is is literally such a mess. And I'm skimming through this real fast. But a lot of people in our life, there are people who are supportive. A lot of people weren't, and we felt alone. We felt isolated. I remember times where I talked to people about this, and they were just like, "Well, this is why I know people do this." They're like, "Well." 
Everything happens for a reason. Have you tried praying? No. I've tried praying. I've been praying every day. It hasn't gotten better. Okay. So I get it. Okay. Um, and so I, I struggled so much and it is so draining. And again, I'm skipping so many details, but, but I, then this is, this is not bad enough. Okay. We're in the middle of all this. It's been like six months. So it's just like, oh gosh, I'm like draining out of this. Then, I, then, um, my wife is pregnant again and we're excited. We want to have another baby. Okay. We're excited. We're pumped. Okay. A little nervous. Cause like. We kind of have a lot going on and then go in and at the checkup where they're supposed to detect a heartbeat, they don't find a heartbeat and then do some more tests, look at it and uh, the baby had passed away in the womb. And so now a man has to deal with that. We have to deal with that. That we are so excited to be parents. Honestly, for both of us, we tell you being parents was the greatest thing in our life. We were so excited to have another kid and we never got to meet this kid. We never got to meet this baby. Then, okay, I'm not even done. Then, a few months later, I'm still wrestling with the emotions of all that. Just like, I mean, so I have a wife that had a miscarriage and then and then also dealing with the trauma in her life and trauma in our, like, you know, and also. And then our child that we do have is like two or three at this time. And she just wakes up in the middle of the night screaming one night. We go in and she's just passed out. I can't wake her up thump in her face and like, hey, wake up, wake up. She won't wake up. I'm freaking the F out. Okay. Call 911, rush her in an ambulance. Okay. That happened. We're not sure why. Two, three nights later, happens again. Okay. And so it's my second time on the way to the hospital over the past nine months. Okay. Like, and I, and I, this is the short version. Okay. <laughs> over nine months. All this has happened, and I'm sitting there, and I'm praying. But let me tell you the prayer I was praying. It was not, oh, my father, oh, God, um, hey, it's me, okay, God, yourself. No, it's, um, it's probably, it might be more cussing than actually praying, okay? It was a lot of F-bombs and a lot of what the, okay? It was a lot of cussing, okay? And I was like, God, where are you? What did I do wrong? I'm out here trying to do the right thing. You're, like, my Family's in pain. We've lost a baby. Like, for all I know, I'm going to get to the hospital. I'm going to lose another baby. I don't know what's happening. What the? Okay. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear. Oh, it happens for a reason. I, yeah, I don't want to hear any of that. What is happening? And I'll never forget. If you live in Rhode Island, you know this on 95. When you're coming into Providence and right before I did 18 is the S curves. I'll never forget I'm coming into those curves and I am screaming and crying and just a mess falling in the ambulance, have no idea what's going on. And I'll never forget this moment. And it gets makes me emotional whenever I think about it. It makes me emotional every time I'm on 95, which is a problem because it's a lot. But I had this moment where I had peace. It was, it was not that everything, I didn't know everything was going to be all right. I had no idea. And up to this point, everything was still not all right. There are problems. You can't unmiscarry a kid. That was still a problem. You can't replace and just go back and be like, oh, all that trauma that's happened in your wife's life, it's gone now. Okay. Okay. Oh, all that, it's not there anymore. Oh, all this time, like, it's not there. Like, you can't, there's no fixing it. And for all I knew, we were coming into a, another problem that we couldn't fix. 
but I had peace. Not that it's going to be all right. It's never going to be all right. Some of these things were never going to be okay, but I had peace. And why did I have peace? Not because I knew it was going to be all right. I had peace because I knew that when I walked into that hospital, I was not alone. Because in that moment, while I'm screaming at God, while I'm cussing at God, while I am hurt, and at the lowest point in my life, I hear the faintest whisper. And I'm reminded of this story. And I'm reminded of the times me and my family talked about this story. And I hear God say, shift your focus. Look at me. I'm with you. I'm with you in this. Whatever you're about to walk into, I'm with you. Did it make it better? No, it didn't. It didn't, didn't fix it. But it made it possible to walk into this. And while for our daughter, things worked out well, okay, and, I, and the, it was still a health scare and we figured a lot of that stuff out, as I said, there are things that we're still dealing with four years later that honestly, and it's kind of ironic, I didn't plan on saying this, but like, honestly, my wife and I had a talk this week about an issue that's still impacting us today that started in 2017 and started even before that. Like, it still hurts, and we're still dealing with this. But what I've learned in this is that you can shift your focus and you can see God at work in your life. God is with you in that. And he gives this pain a purpose. And that's the biggest thing is that pain's going to happen either way. The question is, is are you going to let God be with you? Or are you going to keep it at an arm's length and deal with it yourself? And my friend, I know you just want the pain to go away. I get it. I really do. And I'm sorry, it's not going to. I hope it does. And sometimes it does. And we should celebrate those stories. Those stories, they do happen sometimes. We should celebrate them. But for most of us, pain or lingering pain, it doesn't go away. But there still can be hope in that. There still can be joy in that. And part of how you can start to see it is to shift your focus. And I pray that's what you do. Because if this is true, if it's true that God loves us and is with us like this, then we can have confidence as we move forward into whatever we're facing. I know that's heavy. I know this is a lot to start a new year off on. But when when I was praying for you guys, when I was thinking about you, like, this is just a constant in life. 2020 is not resigned just to 2020. There is pain still in 21, and there will be pain going forward, and you may need this one day. And I hope that you remember this and cling to this to shift your focus. And if you need help practically to do that, let us know. You can let us know on our TLR link. We'd love to get in touch with you. Me or Sarah would love to talk to you about this or one of our other leaders. Feel free to talk to them. Well, my friend, there's hope for you. There is joy is still possible. And step one is to shift what we're focusing on and to shift it to Jesus. I hope you do that because it changed my life. It changed John the Baptist, and I know it can change yours. But I know it's hard, so don't do it alone. I'm excited um, and thankful that you let me uh, share this with you. And so thank you for sticking around and listening to this during your Christmas break. I'm excited, very, very excited for next week's TLR because we're going to wrap this conversation up because I know 
I know that there's a lot here to still sort through. And next week we're going to look at how does God, you know, like, how, is it true God can really like, coexist with this pain? Like, is he really there? I'm going to give you another example from the life of Jesus that is so amazing and still so tough, but so, so good. So I hope you join us for that. In the meantime, hope you have a great week. Have a great rest of your break. We can't wait to see you guys whenever COVID's over. But Thank you guys so much for being part of TLR. If you're new, I tell you guys this every week. If you've been around, you know what to do. But I want all of you guys to stay awesome, all right? So stay awesome out there, friends. And we will see you next week. I just want to leave.